0: Overthinking It Podcast, episode 31! Super Bowl Sunday, game day, my favorite day, all day! Uh, Hey, it's the Overthinking It Podcast where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve... I'm here with Mr. Mark Lee.
1: Hey, hey, hey. Sunday, Mr. Sunday,
0: Sunday. Mr. Peter Fenzel. Personal
2: foul, number two offense, 15-yard penalty. Repeat, first down.
0: And that foul <laughs> has been called <laughs> against me, Matthew Rather, and we are the Overthinking It podcast. Uh, what do I want to say? Oh, uh, email is back. So if you have anything you want to say about the show, you can email us at podcast at com And... Uh, as well, call the podcast voicemail if you want to leave a message to be played back on the podcast. That is twenty log o one. That's two zero three two eight five six four zero one. Wow, I didn't even need my little mnemonic; I remembered it that time. Uh, thank bad. you for leaving reviews on iTunes for us. We really appreciate them. They help us publicize the show to other people, especially the ones with five stars. And uh, thank you very much for going to the overthinkingit.com homepage and clicking the link to take the podcast survey so we can find out about you, our listeners. And uh, if you haven't, help a blogger out. Would you take the podcast survey? It's like six pages long or six questions long or something like that. Each question is a page or, or it's very short. It's the abbreviated form of the survey. Anyway, thanks very much for all that. And without any further ado, let's get right down into it. Super Bowl Sunday. Now football, that's the one with the helmets and the the masks and the shoulder pads and the you know 80s couture, right?
1: First first of all, rather, I had to say I think we had to say uh, big game Sunday. Because apparently the use of the word Super Bowl oh crap, there I did it again. You know, ah. that that were, that phrase is uh has been deemed to be illegal in certain violation of nfl copyright in certain instances
0: well i noticed that they were pretty douchey about announcing the copyright all the goddamn time on the uh uh on the show
1: this is the uh this broadcast may only be explicitly this that the other with express permission well, they,
2: of they do they do that in every They do that for every sporting
1: event, right? I mean, I've
2: I've only gotten the express written consent of Major League Baseball like six times Hello? to rebroadcast, re- reproduce and redistribute Matt
0: Blinky. Yeah, we're joined midstream by Matt Belinky. <laughs> but Matt it sounds like you don't have your headset on, so go on mute until you sort yourself out there.
3: There uh, he goes. It's got to be that way. Hold oh, on. No. A <laughs> Yes, but, favorite. But thank but thank you for pointing out that small problem that I was in the process of fixing. Okay, good. As soon as you possibly could, I'll edit that out. Okay. You you also smell bad. <laughs> wow, the Skype is amazing nowadays. It really is. Uh,
0: we were talking about the um, the intellectual property of the Super Bowl.
3: Yeah, did did you um did you hear the disclaimer where they're like you can't even describe the Super Bowl without right. the express
1: that's to which a one of, excessive. to which someone on Twitter mentioned that perhaps all of these tweets too are in violation of NFL's copyright.
3: Well, we were no, doubting. I mean, I mean, doubtlessly, this podcast is illegal. Yeah. Well, I, we haven't actually described
2: anything about the football game
3: yet. Yeah, we're <laughs> right. I
2: mean, a lot of penalties. Speaking of violations, I'll,
3: I'll, I'll say off the bat that like I didn't particularly watch the football game, so I'm I'm not in a position to, to <laughs> defeat any copyrights.
1: I'll take your U.S. passport now. <laughs> you un-American, un-American you.
3: I know it does feel very strange, but I spent most of the game playing Grand Theft Auto, so I don't know if it balances out or makes it worse. <laughs> That's American. <laughs> but, but maybe it makes it worse the fact that, like, I did have leisure time. It's not that I had to work or I had a pressing job, and I chose to spend my leisure time doing a non-Super Bowl thing.
0: Right, it's not like you were mm-hmm. a, like a you know, nurse in the intensive care unit.
3: Right, exactly. It's more like I'm I'm sending virtual people to the virtual intensive care unit. <laughs> <laughs> so well,
2: uh, we wanted you, Matt. So you always had three stars in our book.
0: So <laughs> it was. I mean, I don't. I know nothing about football, but that those that last that last what is it down? I don't know. It looked like it was. Uh... <laughs> just Matt. Just stop. Just. just... <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was like football by way of the Keystone Cops. It's like, they're you know, going that yeah, way. It was, it was... They're going that this is, way. This <laughs> is going to become an episode of
3: Frazier. With <laughs> Matt to be Niles. And, and if you want who wants to be Fraser? Who's like the sort of like, he's still out of touch with pop culture, but he's aware he's out of touch with pop culture and a little bit apologetic about it.
1: I don't know, but I want to be the dog. That dog was great. <laughs> I'll be Daphne.
2: No, I don't want to be Daphne. I'm not, well, are, she, uh, she's I mean,
0: here. are sports popular culture in the same way that, like, Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles is popular culture?
2: No, they're more popular than that.
3: It depends <laughs> on what you mean by the, in the same way. <laughs> I mean, clearly they're different like, things. But like, yeah. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, they are – I mean, you know, they're, they're both things that people do in their recreational time that are popular enough to like have a shared consciousness of their existence i.e. the super bowl you know that like unpopular culture would be like oh the mets started its new season you know yesterday and you would discuss that, but that, that doesn't count as pop culture uh, in the same way that, like, let's uh, say the Super Bowl does. I considered but
0: reorganizing I, the categories on the site so that there was a uh, a popular culture and an unpopular culture <laughs> <laughs> main by headers. By the
3: way, I think I should, I I should come clean now that, um, first of all, I can't pronounce come clean. Second of all, I'm actually still playing Grand Theft Auto, as, as I see these words. <laughs> and I have no intention of stopping wow. to tell the <laughs> <but> I'm sort <laughs> of on a bender.
1: Are you on a mission or are you just kind of like roving around the city? No, no, no. I'm, I'm on
3: a mission. I'm trying to kill somebody on my motorcycle. So I'll let you know how that works out.
1: Good <laughs> luck all with right, that. All right, all right.
0: Keep us appraised.
1: Mark, Surprise.
0: didn't you beat
1: Grand Theft Auto last week, Mark? Oh, hell yes, I did. And thanks for bringing that up, Ryder, because I do plan on fighting <laughs> and reflecting on my experience of killing a shitload of people in virtual New York City, um, but also kind of sort of getting my revenge, but not really. There's really a lot to delve into there, and I won't get into it now.
3: You should say spoiler alert if there are going to be spoilers, because I am, in fact... i was
1: going to try not to spoil anything, because I know... I've I've not yet
3: gotten my revenge in any way, so,
1: (laughs) you know... Well, it's not so much of a spoiler to say that revenge will be had. I mean, I I suppose, (laughs) but
3: I don't want you to go beyond that. He's always
1: growling in his Eastern European accent about how he's going to get back at Florian and...
3: well, what, I, what it, I was afraid you say is that, like, I can't believe I ate that guy, and I can't believe they showed the whole thing in a cutscene. <laughs> I don't want you to say that. I will Every Grand Theft
2: Auto protagonist goes through a phase in their life where they get revenge on their enemies, and you usually notice it by increased body hair, and they get a little bit taller. <laughs>
4: no, it, it, I don't know, it seems like it's pretty and likely. They start uh, to feel likely. very
0: funny down in their pants region. Yes. That was a pretty good there Nico voice, sir. <laughs> I, I do it, I can't. I am so far out of the popular culture, though, that I do not own a gaming platform. Or, no, that's not true. I own an iPhone, which is a gaming platform, and I own a Nintendo DS Lite. <laughs> <laughs> not no, even I'm a full Nintendo control. DS, <laughs> just the Lite version. Well, the Lite okay. version not- is, is, is better, right? Because it is less heavy.
1: I have no idea. I don't it's know. It's not
0: light in what the is? sense of being stripped down. It's light in the sense of actually being, you know.
3: Please, it has less mass. It has less mass. <laughs> so it has nothing to do with actual light, like the
2: quality of light that is emitted from the screen. It, it, has is, to do with it's and,
0: it is, and, uh, you know, just a super Sudoku machine. I do crazy Sudoku on it. My brain age is like 17. <laughs> I was 17, I did nothing but play Sudoku. That that, that seems pretty accurate. Actually, Matt, there was
3: something I was wondering about brain age. What is the ideal brain age? Because presumably, like, one would be a terrible (laughs) brain age, you know? Yeah, I know. I don't know. know,
0: I think it's like like early 20s or late teens or something.
3: Not not what we are. No. Basically.
0: No, we're over the hill from the point of view of brain age.
3: Well, that's okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. All right.
0: Uh, well, moving along. So we were Twittering the whole game. So I guess we won't go into the football because I'm stupid like that. But we were Twittering the whole game, and you can read the whole log of uh, what we wrote, of what Mr. Prenzel, Mr. Lee, and occasionally I wrote uh, on uh, twitter.com slash overtweetingit, O-V-E-R-T-W-E-E-T-I-N-G-IT. But, uh, you know, Mark, what'd you think of the... Ex- you were the main Twitter master. You were the sure. master tweeter. <laughs> so but, uh, the master tweeter a, a master butcher? What, <laughs> uh, yeah, what did you think of the experience?
1: Give a little background on this. So I've been... Some of my... Uh, you know, I've been a little late to the Twitter party, and um, one of the things I was trying it out for earlier was, like, for, for example, the presidential debates and other kind of major public events, uh, Slate was doing a a Twitter-running commentary, a live-running Twitter commentary on what was going on, providing their snarky insights for the enjoyment of the interwebs. Um, We thought about doing a live blog for the Super Bowl, but um, couldn't quite get that together because, well, fortunately, Twitter was there for us, all good to go, so we fired up and went. Um, I should say that um, in past years, I've done the Super Bowl party, but for whatever reason, this year in New York... The giants not being in the super bowl perhaps there was no party to be gone to so what did i have to turn to for my amusement and social enjoyment of the super bowl but twitter is that sad
0: yeah. we were also internet chatting the whole time which i don't know Wait, if we, that's more sad or less sad
1: we were internet chatting but basically so <laughs> oh you were you were you were tweeting while uh, in, in the company of others
0: yeah, I was I was with other
2: people, but having my laptop and was, like, sending you a lot of the jokes we were coming up with. Like. Oh, you would have been an so,
0: avatar in that Coke commercial. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice how all the avatars were people who were on their cell phones or laptops or something? Yeah, yeah
2: I like yeah. how internet people in reality are attractive Asian women. <laughs> <Because
1: that's> <laughs> <actually>. <laughs> so anyway, I found that compared to, you know, having a bunch of people over at my place and enjoying the game with them, uh, that having to you know, type crap into Twitter while watching the game was uh, certainly less enjoyable. I'll go, That's I'll go why I was glad
2: that. you were doing it. Thank you for right. care but,
1: but, of that. <laughs> but overthinking it, listeners and Twitter readers, for the enjoyment of all of you out there, I readily sacrificed that portion of my enjoyment of the Super Bowl to bring you the fine uh, 140 characters or less uh, snarky comments from myself peter fenzel and matthew rather you can thank yeah. me later so
3: mark are you saying that like when one live blogs something one is sacrificing a portion of one's enjoyment for the benefit of the masses
1: uh i would say absolutely yeah,
0: yeah as if you're, you're watching the like, like... thing as a critic and not as a person just there to enjoy it
1: well not only that it takes brain space to you know do the copy and paste and the typing and the hitting the button which uh, takes away from your brain power to be watching the next commercial that's coming on while you're still commenting about the crappy Transformers trailer you just saw.
3: <laughs> was there a crappy Transformers trailer? Yeah.
1: Well, by, there was a Transformers trailer, and by virtue of it being a Transformers trailer, it was crappy.
3: I was a, more Are you a not a fan of Transformers?
0: Trailer,
1: really. Oh, don't get me started about Transformers. No, uh,
0: Megan Fox was really a strong female character, I thought.
1: That's what I hear, yeah. <laughs> uh no.
0: I mean, honestly, Matt, it was much
2: more, it wasn't really much of a trailer. I mean, it looked like a pretty run-of-the-mill kind of commercial. They had special effects. It doesn't look all that different from the last movie. The beef was heavily featured, looking scared and backing away from things on the ground. Uh, I mean, there wasn't really anything to the commercial that led you to believe that the second Transformers movie was to be anything more than kind of a rehash of the first Transformers movie, which I think succeeded in what it was trying to do and shouldn't be dissed too much, um, but you know, which is not the kind of thing where it's like oh man, I can't wait till they do exactly the same thing all over again, you know, you're kind of hoping that your expectations are going to be seated there and I don't know if... That I,
3: guess, goes- I mean like, But like, what would make a second Transformers movie awesome, in your opinion, beyond more Transformers transforming into different things?
2: I mean, The Rock turning into a car. I don't know.
1: I guess. <laughs> uh, no, a lot of things.
2: I mean, uh, the appearance of a, of a star. I was excited to see. Perhaps some sort of transformation of a robot into or out of a vehicle that was like interesting. Um, one of the problems with the first Transformers movie is that the character design is not very good for the Transformers. Like they are too busy, too visually well, busy, all, I, and it's I very mean, they're all hard GMC to see vehicles
3: on. and. There's no there's I mean, certain conservations actually, yeah. and mass problems with the, with the Pontiac Eclipse. <laughs> yeah, yeah <that's laughs> I don't they have it limitations.
2: Right but the transformations are not done elegantly. They're like very busy and difficult, and the cinematography is such that it's very difficult to figure out what's going on on screen in any given time. Um, so it's a thrill, but it's not very iconic. Like the actual actor transforming, um, I don't I find narratively interesting in these movies. So,
1: Well, Michael uh, Bay and narratively see, interesting you know, often do not really go together so well.
2: That's what I hear. That's what the people say. But Michael Bay and getting in a fight, fist fight with Yuva the Bull, that's something I also... See. So, but that's never going to happen. Even though It's Uwe interesting Boll, that the Transformers
3: challenge. that the Transformers, as far as, I, as far as I realize, like over the course of the movie, go through very little personal transformation. You know, as characters. <laughs> <laughs> so they, <laughs> sort of, yep. yeah, they sort of offload their character development onto their physical beings.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
3: metaphorical. It's very
0: yeah, metaphorical.
2: A... <laughs> I mean, everybody who watched Transformers knew that, like, the little kid who hung out with the Transformers, like, the lamest character on the show by a country mile. And for some reason, like, they make him the star of the movie. Which well, was
3: awesome. like, it would, it would be like if Thundercats was about Snarf. No, it <laughs> would
0: be awesome. Uh, <laughs> it would be the Chronicles <laughs> of Snarf. <laughs> let's see if we can let's see if we can uh, take a peek at it. You may hear a little, uh, little pre roll ad.
4: This video is brought to you by Coke Zero.
0: That's, that's Hulu, it just does that.
1: You don't
2: stop, you don't hide, you run.
0: Okay, so it doesn't really play uh, <laughs> just in audio. Does thing. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wait, it was it a is, lot. There's of... an
2: extended sequence of, of Sheila Booth trying to move a filing cabinet up a flight of stairs.
3: <laughs> <was> <laughs> I gotta say that listening to that, having no idea what the visuals are, is kind of hilarious. <laughs> this is the most stereotypical trailer music imaginable. It's sort yeah. of like mechanical sounds, and that's it. Linky, just guess what? Just
1: Based on what you heard, guess what the visuals were, and we can tell you if how how close you stuff, are to
3: that stuff exploding, thing transforming, and like Megan Fox and some sort of a cutoff. Ding 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 ding, ding You are correct. <laughs> yeah, no. Here's <it's> really, really <laughs> my great, question: is, is what possible um, reason could there be for Shia LaBeouf to be involved in the story? I sort of understand how in the first one he is in possession of a, a physical object that the, the transformers cube. are fighting over, but no, that not like. The cube. Yeah, but the glasses and everything. I don't want to. I don't want to remember it any well, more than I have to. So don't ask to remember particular plot points. But what I, what I'm saying is, um, is like barring that, like Megatron is out for personal revenge against him in particular, which uh, the title actually seems to imply. Uh, I don't see like. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't see how he factors into the fate of the universe. Is what I'm saying. He's see Indiana Jones.
0: Yeah, no, isn't he like...
2: The, he's the, no, he's uh, Mutt uh, Jones. He's the Transformer one. Or <laughs> There's no such thing. No, you're right, Matt. There's no reason for him to do any movie. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say.
0: So, um, should we go on to some of the other ads? I mean, Matt, you didn't watch, but guys, what were your favorites?
4: Uh, I really liked uh,
2: Oh, yeah, you go ahead, Mark. You go with that one, because that one's awesome.
0: Yeah. You know what? That's Let's... A bit um, yeah, let's play that one because I think that one will uh, transform a little well. The visuals are Alec Baldwin walking through a futuristic set that's made out to be the headquarters of Hulu. And again, did you you're was, he- sorry,
1: did you say did you say that would transform very well?
0: Yeah, it wouldn't. Did I say that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. There's
0: more I meant- to this ad than meets the eye. <laughs> <laughs> um, and again, you'll hear the pre-roll ad that uh, Hulu puts in because I'm playing these over Hulu. So you know, we should get. You should get, like, CPM for these, uh, for these ad impressions from whoever's ad advertising.
4: This video is brought to you by h and Block.
0: Proud sponsor of the <laughs> Overthinking Good Podcast. Hello, Earth.
4: I'm Alec Baldwin, Eric TV star. You know they say TV will rot your brain? That's absurd. TV only softens the brain like a ripe banana. Take it all the way. We've created Hulu. Hulu beams TV directly to your portable computing devices, giving you more of the cerebral gelatinizing shows you want anytime, anywhere, for free. I only act out because I want you alone. <laughs> Mushy mush. And the best part is there's nothing you could do to stop it. I mean, what are you gonna do? Turn off your TV and your computer? <laughs> once your brains are reduced to a cottage cheese like mush we'll scoop them out with a melon baller and gobble them right on up oops i think i'm drooling a little because we're aliens and that's how we roll hulu an evil plot to destroy the world enjoy
1: let me add a couple of things around the tail end of that first of all so the visual the only thing you really don't get from listening to it is that alec baldwin a little alien tail comes out of him
4: yeah so which was
1: which was kind of freaky um, the other thing is that, but back to my point about Twittering and not being able to enjoy it as much, um, as the ad started to roll, I started typing something into Twitter, and I couldn't get, to, you know, I, 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 as I was typing, I wasn't able to listen and comprehend all the wonderful things that Alec Baldwin was saying. So the point <laughs> there exactly was that Twittering had taken, had taken away my enjoyment of seeing that commercial the first time. Damn you, Twitter. What's this that is the sacrifice back? that I go through for all of you.
3: Well, let me just say something, which is difficult because I'm in the middle of a high-speed motorcycle chase. But let me <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Alec
3: Baldwin, to me, will always be uh, Jack Ryan in The Hunt for Red October. I love that movie, and I consider Alec Baldwin to be, like, a leading man, like a sexy-ass leading man. And I don't like his, like, late-career transformation into, like, sort of droll, comic, you know, buffoon. I
1: totally disagree with you.
3: Have you not been watching 30 Rock? I have a logic dirty rock, and I'm saying that, like, I'm probably the one person who doesn't think that this is, like, a, a positive step for Alec Baldwin because I consider Alec Baldwin to be, like, a beefcake. And I, I want him to be, like, presented <laughs> well, you know, as, like, you know, I'd, I'd, he's not a comedian to me just because of my love for The Hunter in October. <laughs> That's a good – do you guys remember how good that movie is? And oh, Glen Gary Glen Ross. It's really right. awesome, yeah. It would be, like, let's say, <laughs> like, like, Kevin Costner, like, went on to, like, become known as, like, a famous comedian. He'd still be Robin Hood to me, you know?
1: Except that Kevin Costner is lame. He's always the postman to me.
3: I, I believe the movie is called El Postino. It's, it's a brilliant film. <laughs> <That was> the-
0: <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, he'll always be <laughs> Dances with Wolves to me.
3: Uh, so which John way do you Dunbar? go on Al Pacino? I actually know the guy's name. Why do I know that? Did you ever read the book, Michael
0: Blake's book? The Wolf, Wolf Dancer? <laughs> no, Dances with <laughs> Wolves. It's called Dances with Wolves. Is it like the same uh... movie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the, I was asking, which way do you guys
2: go on Al Pacino then? Do you like Al Pacino like the thought? Guy- my father, star, brilliant actor, Dog and Al Pacino, or like Al Pacino, like, overblown, uh, cam incarnate, force of nature, Al Pacino from like, you know, Devil's Advocate
0: or any given Sunday.
3: I kind of say Devil's Advocate is sort of like the Al Pacino in his natural state. It's, mm-hmm.
0: but that's a, that, that's like almost a Baroque version, you know?
2: Well, yeah, exactly. You're getting a more distilled version, but it's him. You know, it's just sort of like, you know, Shatner has also is another guy. There's a lot of guys like this who they get older. They can't pull off what they did when they were younger, both because their ch- chops are kind of diminished and also because they're just they're just older. They're just, you know, they don't pull the leading manuals as much anymore. And they become kind of parodies of their own style. And now the ball just the latest in a string. Right. I mean, poor Robert De Niro his analyzed this, analyzed that, all that
0: stuff. Um, well, that's yeah. I mean, that's a version of a guy who hasn't done it well. I, I would say that Alec Baldwin has done it well because I think he's funny When he's doing comedy. Even if Matt doesn't think he's a comedian first and foremost.
3: No, I mean, he is and everything. I don't know. He's more a
0: comedian than Robert De Niro is in Analyze This and Analyze That. Right, right, right. I
3: kind of feel bad for Alec Baldwin, who is, like, somebody who I feel has acting talent. And... (laughs) I'm not saying it doesn't take Robert talent to do his comedy. Robert De Niro
0: doesn't have acting talent?
3: <laughs> you know, all right, here's the thing. You know, I read a profile of him in the New York last year. Not Robert De Niro, Alec Baldwin. Yeah. And it's made it clear that, like, it doesn't require a tremendous amount of effort for him to play his character on 30 Rock. You know, it's not that it isn't mm-hmm. fun, but, like, he's not really stretching as as a as an artist, and, and, he, right. and he feels a bit of regret about that, that he didn't re- want to take the part. He didn't want it to be a regular character. He was just going to do it, you know, on an occasional basis. And now, of course, you know, it's, it's been universally acclaimed. So, like, that's – in a way, he's sort of married to that role. That'll, that'll probably be, like, the thing that he's most remembered for. Um, and I kind of feel that, like – I kind of feel for him a little bit. Though, like, that's not quite the career he wanted to have. I
0: don't even know. Don't that, you like, think he'll be – in the end, in retrospect, he'll be uh... – you know, remembered for first prize is a Cadillac El Dorado. Second prize is a set of steak knives. Third prize is you're fired.
3: Yeah, you'd be surprised how few people have actually seen that movie.
1: I would agree. I've made that you're reference. Like people that
3: should see that there. movie. I think pe- more people get the reference than have actually, like, watched the movie.
0: You know what? I'll bet more people have watched that speech on YouTube than have watched than the movie. Than have
3: watched the entire movie? Now, that's an that's a idea.
0: Yeah, that's a sure bet there.
1: Hey, Blinky, how's your motorcycle? You know what motorcycle commercial goes? that
2: I thought was really intense? I'm
3: very bad at chasing you
1: know what commercial people. commercial that was books? really on the nose? What's that? Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, I, I really like the commercial of, uh, well, I mean, I didn't like it. But it was as much as I was really impressed by it and <laughs> kind of thrown back by it because it was raw as hell. It was the commercial for the company that wants you to just send flowers in a vase rather than send them in a box or a bouquet, <laughs> which is now apparently the most important me- uh, marketing ploy they can come up with. But it's like someone sends someone flowers in a box. Can you play that one, Matt? Is that one available on Hulu?
0: It certainly is. They all are. Uh, They're all at Hulu.com slash Super Bowl. It's actually a pretty cool little thing, and it's an incredible way to get us to watch more advertising. Uh, Yeah. The the Flowers in a Box ad. Sorry about the cough. I should have hit the mute button. You son of a bitch. I know, right? (laughs) You're so careful with yours.
4: This video is brought to you by Teleflora.
0: Interesting. It's a commercial for hey, Diane, Flowers came for you. Ooh, flowers for Diane. I
4: never get flowers. <laughs>
0: oh, she opens No, box. look at the mug on you, Diane. You're a train wreck. That's why he only sent a box of flowers. Go home to your romance novels and your fat
2: smelly cat. Those are the flowers. This
3: Valentine's Day, what? don't send flowers in a box. You never know what they'll say. No one wants to see you naked. Teleflora bouquets are hand arranged, hand delivered in a keepsake vase, not in a box. That's the Teleflora difference.
4: I'd like to
1: really? see. Let me point out the main problem with that ad is that I was so floored by uh how crass and harsh the <laughs> talking flower was, I hadn't I couldn't remember for life me what the name of the company was. Well right, and, that's and that's something that a lot
0: of Super Bowl ads fall prey to. It's the pets.com sock puppet uh problem, right? Yeah.
2: I mean they're really, like really getting a, hitting a very specific <laughs> niche with this. They're like We are people who are already buying flowers for people. Like, we're not saying we should
0: get flowers who aren't getting flowers. Heads.com had a business model, it just had a shitty business model, right? (laughs) Right. Like, who wants to ship a 50 pound bag of head food?
2: Well, I mean, Pets.com's problem was that it had a a massive capital base and it had no earnings. And it's just like – it just was a a bubble. It was just an investment bubble, and they never had a plan to actually make money with the
0: company, yeah. Well, weren't they selling, like, pet food and pet supplies and stuff?
2: Oh, yeah, totally. But they were were assuming that the internet was going to give this, like, supply chain synergy and market penetration and, like, just doesn't miraculously, you know, come about
0: out of nothing. I don't believe Uh, that those words actually mean anything.
4: He sounds like he knows what he's talking
0: about. Now. <laughs> yeah, I know. You say them with such authority. You should be a .dot com CEO.
2: No, oh, that's a job for which there are a lot of applications kicking around these days. <laughs> yeah, it's craziness. But yeah, no, I mean, I think the big problem with companies like that one one problem is um, it might have been a better idea for a company that actually already. Used supply uh, pet stuff, to go into the business of supplying online pets, just because people who buy things for pets are not like, hmm, where can I find the cheapest possible thing to buy my cat? You know, like, people like their cats, and they, like, have routines, and pets are about routines, so you need to have that familiarity, and I don't think that going with the strategy they went with, uh, into, which was, like, to develop a, a broad media presence with this, like, this character was really in line with, like, what was actually going to get people to buy pet food, you know sure. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And plus, they, just, they were just really overcapitalized, and they had way too much money and no idea what to do with it. So there was no way for them to make enough return to actually
0: like move the needle. They could Can't bail you? out the U.S. economy uh, if they have too much money, you know, because the rest of us could use it. They could something. have in the past. That would have been possible. Instead, they so, helped collapse it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so pets.com, pets.com, by the way, uh, still operating. It's actually operated by PetSmart. It's like a message board oh. type community site operated by PetSmart, which, correct me if I'm wrong, is a brick-and-mortar. Yeah. There was originally yeah. a brick-and-mortar Well, store. it doesn't
0: – right, exactly. A brick-and-mortar thing makes sense because then you can do, like, regional distribution for your big, you know, 50-pound bags of pet food, and then people can pick up just one or two and take them in the trunk of their car. UPSing a 50-pound bag of pet food, uh, you know, even if you are in, t- in inclined to shop by price for your pet food – uh, your UPS bill is going to be you know, five or six times whatever your bargain basement pet food price is. I mean, let me give you a comparison.
2: Pest.com failed because it was overcapitalized and didn't have enough earnings potential. The pet store across the street from where Matt and I used to live was, was run through by a car after yeah. a high-speed chase that <laughs> took place because they'd been robbing a bank. So somebody <laughs> robbed a bank uptown in Manhattan, roared down the, the uh, Henry Hudson Parkway at like 90 miles an hour, veers onto our street and plows right into the giant glass display of this pet store. Of puppies. Uh, and the place was up and running again. Uh, f- full of puppies. Puppies are running around. No, and the place was up and running again in like a year. So well, breaking got pet stores stores more pet store <laughs> Exactly. They should have. Had, yeah. If Pets.com had only been hit by a crazy bank robber instead of four business practices, it <laughs> probably would have been. You'd be doing better right now.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Mark. We works. we got way the hell off your topic, didn't we? Of uh, of Ooh.
1: the flower ad. Yeah, no need to apologize. This is what we do. I guess so. I, I mean, know I, you hate I it, it though.
4: Flower I don't floor. hate it's such it a strong
1: like,
0: hey, you know? <laughs> we, uh, we saw now Ed McMahon and was it MC Hammer? I forget. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yes. In the uh, Cash for McMahon. Gold ad. Let's have a little look at that now uh, with another pre-roll ad courtesy of our friends, the ad team at Hulu.com. Let's see what they have for us this time.
4: This video is brought to you by Coke Zero. Uh oh. We've seen them before. Here's money with gold at an all-time high. Now's the time to send your unwanted gold for cash, like these gold cufflinks. I can get cash for this gold medallion of me wearing a gold medallion. This gold microphone. My gold records. <laughs> My gold golf club, My gold sledgehammer, baby. Boom. To <laughs> My gold giraffe. My gold paint. My gold hip replacement. We mountain gold, baby. Cash, the number four, gold.com. Goodbye, old friend. Wow. <laughs> that's
1: a
3: serious ad. Yeah,
0: yeah. no, it's a serious yeah. ad in a in a tongue in cheek style. Cashforgold.com and it's a real site. We were looking at it during the game. Yeah, I thought it was a parody, but no. It's that's, real.
3: Uh, yeah, I don't I don't need to point out the sort of scariness that like that's what they're advertising during the Super Bowl is that like you guys all need money, right? <laughs>
2: and for the record, gold is not an all time high right now. But I won't do that. I'm not really allowed. to. it
3: it was probably uh, at an all-time high, like sort of right at the fall of the Roman Empire, right? Because the supply lines all went down. Right, right, right. I mean, right.
2: Certainly in dollars at the time, dollars were very hard to come by back then, so they would have
0: been very uh, expensive. An infinite number of dollars could not have bought you an ounce of gold at that point. Right, because no one would have accepted them because they were. Well, you know, this was not. this was not <laughs> what do you with your, your, your paper money and your you know powdered wigs on it uh, this was not the only ad that made uh, reference to the recession Hyundai also uh, had an entry that was for
4: our economy this video is brought to you by Coke Zero Coke Zero is doing very well whenever you buy a new car you have to sign a contract about the company selling it to you? Where's their signature? Introducing Hyundai Assurance. Now finance or lease any new Hyundai, and if you lose your income in the next year, you can return it with no impact on your credit. Sound too good to be true? Come and see us and we'll put it in writing for you. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for details.
0: Okay, so, you know, they're really hitting that recession button. You kind of wonder, like,
3: what sort of Super Bowl ads Mm -hmm. they would have aired during the actual Great Depression had there been a Super Bowl to air ads during? You know, like, Dust Bowl got you
0: down? (laughs) (laughs) Well, there were no real luxury products. I guess there was one, like, flat-screen TV ad, but it was all, like, you know, Overstock.com is a discount online retailer – Priceline, discount online, a hotel site, and then classics like Co- uh, Coke and Gatorade, movie ads, movies being a business that is, you know, at least the conventional wisdom is historically recession-proof. Um, attendance is recession-proof. We'll, I think we'll see, though, that the studios will not be recession-proof. And, um, oh, what? Like beer. And that was it. You know, it wasn't like luxury goods. I mean, I guess. What about pornography?
3: Isn't that like a, like a joke or is that not a joke that, that like pornography is a safe investment?
0: Because like, especially. I should buy, um, I should buy pornography.
3: No, or that, that you should invest that, that when the, when the economy goes bad, people take solace and like, um, you know, you know, somebody make a joke here.
0: In Pornography? So I,
3: should, so
0: I should not make pornography is what you're saying.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've been saying that for years, but now more than ever. <laughs> hmm.
1: So can I point out that um, <laughs> within the arena Super Bowl ads, I am thankful that nothing repeated uh, the level of offensiveness that no. Sorry. Oh, I'm a all over. And nothing, to re- nothing repeated the level of offens- offensiveness that last year's sales genie ads did. I don't know if you recall. I think this was actually – uh, rather, you wrote about this and overthinking it last year. I did. Oh, God. Uh, and I want to go
0: back and find a couple of them because now you've made me angry.
1: Yeah. Um, for those who don't remember, let me just basically replay. One of them was this, these, uh, these anthropomorphized pandas um, who were running some sort of small business and speaking in very thick Asian accents wondering how they're going to oh. you know, grow their business. And then along comes uh, a, another panda, kind of like an angel panda or something like that, speaking in perfect, unaccented English, uh, telling the pandas to go to salesgenie.com. There's another one as well with, um, with uh, South Asian, Indian-American uh, characters as well. Um, long story short... Were they tigers? Were they what? No, they, they were... Were, the were tigers <laughs> or elephants? I think they were actually people. I don't think they were anthropomorphized <laughs>
2: So the Chinese people are, are pandas and the Indian people are people?
1: Yeah, it makes it even worse, I guess. Oh, It was, it was long story short. <laughs> anyway. Very poor taste use of ethnic stereotypes. Um, it, it, just, it was the kind of thing where you're like, oh, how did this get past anyone's, you know, censor slash quality control department to be run, you know, in front of millions of people in the Super Bowl? Really boggling the mind. But I don't think, I, I, don't think right. I saw anything that approached that this year. The flowers in the boxing got kind of close.
2: No, I don't think the flowers in the box were offensive. I think they were just so raw. And, and the flowers were being so brutal to this woman right, right. that it was a a little bit. But I didn't feel personally offended. I was just like, wow, those yeah. mean-ass flowers. Well, there and was, I mean, like, was flowers that are harsh.
0: Last year, the ads were certainly a little more exuberant, right? And I think that has to do with the economy. Here, by the way, is the sales genie ad that Mark's referring to.
4: Ching-thing.
1: we have no customers, no sales. We're going out of business. Uh, Ling
4: Ling, I am
3: not going back to the zoo. Oh. Then we
1: need so a sales miracle. Panda
4: psychic. Help, we need customers. Tell Lingling to get 100 free sales leads at salesgenie.com. And stop eating the bamboo furniture. Wow, look at all these sales leads. Thank you, sales genie. Kid, you want
1: to go see the grizzly bears at the zoo for 100 free sales leads? Go to salesgenie.com. Oh, haha! Asian is so funny. Oh yeah. But by the Christ, way, by the awesome. way, overthinking it, listeners. Again, the disclaimer is that I am the Asian American individual on this podcast, and therefore there comes my ability to uh, do the Asian accent like this and not be offensive. I guess. Mark Lee, or, the well, raging Asian. That's me.
2: Just no. Just just, just not. <laughs> yeah,
0: no. Yeah, I know that was pretty awful that's pretty well, awful, that's right? Awful. So, you know, there was the Talking yeah, Baby yeah. ad uh last year. There was, was um there were all these things with the inanimate objects talking, there was the witch do- doctor, uh ad the Doritos Mousetrap ad you know, I'm just paging through them now. So, you know, this this year's ad seemed kind of more subdued relatively. The horse, the Godfather yeah, horse animals doing things.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this year there's a lot of cute animals doing unlikely things. You know, animals falling in love, animals saving each other from captivity. You know, Chester Cheetah hitting on a lady and and making another one guess with pigeons. An
0: insect Rube Goldberg um, machine to yeah. dispense Coke to nature.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't we count the number of ads that featured animals doing ugly things? We were. We got it for about tally, like eight. I would,
1: I would say eight, yeah. probably. Yeah. That sounds yeah. about right.
2: You know, and we weren't really watching all that closely, but it seemed to be a pretty major theme. And the other theme was, like, there were a couple of them which were about shutting up your uppity wife. Which <laughs> seemed to
4: be, that turned out
2: not to be my micro trend, Is just appearing in two kind of odd commercials. Which one ones were they? There with, was Mr. Potato Head and which one? Uh, there was Mr. Potato Head, and then there was – um, what was the other one where he was – he had to shut up the annoying – well, it was uh, Chester Cheetah.
0: Oh, right. And there was
2: the, the really not annoying wife, the annoying woman. Yeah, I was like, this talks too much for a woman. Like, let's find out a way to make her stop talking. And, I mean, that's obviously not very nice. Well, I don't think um, it's that
0: that she talked too but, much. I think it was it was that she was annoying, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: That's true. I guess. Why did Mr. Potato Head shut up the wife again? I, her mouth fell off in a car accident, right? Well, but yeah, in happened. a swerve,
0: but to demonstrate to demonstrate how uh, good Bridgestone yeah. tires were, that they could turn on such a dime that the G-forces generated would cause Mrs. Potato Head's mouth to fall off and fly out the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the I plot of really that like commercial. like the commercial where they had the
2: space rover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the space, just for space like the lunar rover thing they had, where, like, they the lunar rover to go pick up moon rocks or whatever, and they look back and, like, Someone had stolen their tires and put their lunar rover on blocks. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah.
0: Again, that's a recession ad, you know. And wait, yeah, what was the yeah. point of I, that ad? I actually send you a link that uh, the point was that you you.
2: In order to have fun with a car, and like the big it was like, everyone they were having a great time driving in their space rover, like jumping over the things and bouncing around. And the idea is that in order to have fun in your car, you need to have quality toys, uh, because they have this fun, and then they look, and their tires have been stolen, and they're like, "Well, shit," you know, like, "Oh, but, you know, we can't that, have fun in our car anymore to... as much."
3: I, I think I remember, you know, talking about you about this, that, uh, a category of ads that we could label uh, bad things happen to people who use our product. Right. And the subtext of that ad is that our tires that are so desirable. Yeah. Is that our tires yeah, are so that desirable they will most likely get stolen. To. Yeah. Right. Uh, like the one where you get
0: <laughs> run down with a rhino.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The one where you eat Doritos and you get hit by a bus.
0: Well, no, I right. think the point was that can when you're out million? of Doritos, you get hit by a bus. So,
2: yeah, so I don't even want to get involved with that in the first place.
0: Yeah, so uh, this like is fun. the link that Pete sent me. It's an ad, uh, and I will let it speak for itself.
2: Can I, can I just, can I preface pre- it pre- very briefly? Very briefly. Did, this, yeah, I no, think, was the it. most effective ad in the Super Bowl. This was the most effective ad in the Super Bowl, because I think it's going to sell a lot more of its product than Whistle had this ad not. Not aired. And you'll soon just go.
4: Nerf! You know the power of Nerf blasters. Now you can grasp the fury
1: of Nerf's new N 4 swords.
4: It's Nerf. We're nothing. Nerf blasters and N Force swords, each sold separately. Nerf! That's a fun word <laughs> so to it's say. So what you see is there's like
2: this 17 year old kid fighting with these plastic like foam rubber swords. And it's all really <laughs> awesome. And like commercial was over, the guys that I was watching the Super Bowl with were like, "Man, I gotta get me some of those swords. They're awesome." So uh, I feel like there's are probably awesome.
0: gonna be a lot more of those. Did you all have plastic swords <laughs> when you were when you were young?
1: I had plastic weapons of all kinds when I was young.
0: I had a I had a plastic <clears throat> broadsword, like uh, King Arthur style broadsword, and I also had various plastic samurai swords.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh... You turned out just yeah, fine, I, right? Yeah, I don't
2: know. I didn't have, like, the large size, You know, I had big red bats that used to hit
0: the wiffle balls. Those were always fun. <laughs> hey, Matt, how's Grand the Theft Auto TV? coming?
3: I beat the motorcycle mission, but I'm still sucky at another mission, don't worry. <laughs> okay,
0: we'll check in with you throughout the thing. <laughs>
3: hey, Mark, you want to talk about the uh, halftime show?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, Mark, what Bruce, time is it? Yes. Oh, it's Bruce time! I gotta yeah, say, there was I a really... little bit of vaudeville in there. Lost time. Which which part? But like, was, was, well, but
3: like they had the hilarious ref come out and like give them a flag for rocking fantastic. too hard,
1: <laughs> awesome. for going too especially, long, <laughs> for Especially in reference to all the penalties uh, that actually occurred on the football field during the course <laughs> of the game. No, my favorite yeah, part yeah. Of, the, of the performance though was at the beginning, where Bruce Springsteen told America to put your chicken fingers down. And get ready to rock with the boss. <laughs> Who else can do that? Who else can command all of America's chicken finger-wielding hands to put those chicken fingers down? That's a good point. I
3: think, yeah, I'll agree with that.
1: Yeah. It was a fantastic performance, and I was looking back, I mean, um, thinking back to the Super Bowl halftime shows of the past. And, there, and a lot of us, the, the wardrobe malfunction of, uh, what was that, 2002 maybe? Um, it's a distant memory to a lot right? of us. 2000, ja- 2004, 2004 was Janet yep.
0: Jackson and Justin Timberlake.
1: It feels like a distant memory because uh, after that, there's been a steady stream of classic rock acts, safe classic rock acts, which will not have wardrobe malfunctions, um, which I for one to appreciate it because I have Stone Age music tastes. Um, but even going back before that, I was scrolling back. Um, it wasn't until sometime, I think in, in 1993, when uh, they brought Michael Jackson out, when they got really marquee pop acts to do halftime shows. And before that, going way back to the beginning, it was like random uh, marching bands. And we know how much, uh, how lame marching bands uh, are. People,
0: 1993 was Heal the games, World, right? It, I'm sorry, Pete, yes. you go? Yeah. Yes. Say again?
2: Oh, I said that they had up, up with people. in, like, in the, uh, yes, They're not really people. big stars, but they're, they're inspirational. They're off the streets.
3: <laughs> what what is the deal with up with people? Can somebody explain nope, it to nope. me briefly? Let, let's say is, that I don't know what up a Park episode are. about
2: it. Where it's like Oh, okay. there's that episode of South Park where it's like a, a bunch of them sing songs to try to inspire children to like lead like responsible lives. They're like a motivational song and dance troupe, and I believe they were children themselves, right? Who like sing a song and be, be like, "You should all get out there and and make difference like you know work hard or share or whatever and uh yeah i mean maybe they were adults there were, a lot of, there were a lot of copiers over the years but the general sense is like it's really lame it's really up and it's really trying to convince teenagers to behave well by being like the trademark uh teenagers are really afraid of being accused of being if they behave well just being like these really you know body um overly uh uh, compliant, um, smiling zombie people with matching t-shirts. <laughs> they all have matching, they danced around.
0: You know, it's funny, so like, it's that's funny- these kids have, this is a point also made by South Park, uh, in the elementary school musical episode where they parody the high school musical phenomenon mm-hmm. that where it used to be, like, badass to, you know, I don't know, do things that are cool, like smoke cigarettes and cut school. Now it's cool to, like, sing and dance around like, uh, i don't know like a teen pop idol and
1: And stick with the status quo as that one song goes
0: i guess so uh isn't that song slightly ironical though i mean isn't that song about a person's attempts to break out of the status quo and the that that chorus no 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 stick with the status quo stick with the stuff you know is the voice of society uh responding to the person
1: I thinks so. I'm straining my high school musical memory banks here.
0: Yeah, I guess. Uh, I, I actually have never really seen it all the way through not getting the Disney Channel in my cable package.
1: There's a thing called Netflix. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, um, I, I, we can talk about high school musicals certainly another time.
0: Yeah, um, so it really is. I'm looking through the, the Super Bowl halftime shows, and it really is like marching bands up until... Yeah. Uh, 1993, Heal the World. No, uh, the year before it was Gloria Estefan with Olympic figure skaters Brian Boitano and Dorothy <laughs> Hamill. And oh, before the year oh, before Gloria. that, it was New Kids on the Block. Yes, uh, Disney oh, characters. Well, Warren Moon, 2000 local children.
1: Wait, Warren Moon being the uh, the former Minnesota uh, Vikings quarterback was part of the halftime show, not like in the game. Uh Oh you wouldn't know you're not the, you, you don't you don't watch the footballs. That is in fact Warren Moon, former Minnesota Vikings uh yeah. quarterback.
0: Who sits at the in the
1: halftime show. As opposed uh, to being a player in the game.
0: Well, he also played for the Houston Oilers, the Seattle Seahawks and the Kansas City Chiefs mark. I mean, come on, oh, you got Oh, we'll look who, oh okay. up on your sports trivia. Sorry, okay. Yeah, I
1: got it. <laughs>
0: uh Rockin', country, Rockin country, country Sunday in 1994 with Clint Black, Tanya Tucker, Travis Tritt, and the Judds.
1: The Michael Jackson Super Bowl hat show. Uh,
0: 1995, Indiana Jones uh, and the uh, Temple
1: of the Forbidden Eye. Did I say Michael Jackson? I meant Indiana Jones.
0: In, starring Indiana Jones and Marion Ravenwood, Patti LaBelle, Tony Bennett, Arturo Sandoval, and Miami Sound Machine. Well, God, the Everything A podcast, all the uh, all the you know gripping <laughs> gripping yes. analysis of reading Wikipedia <laughs> on a and Skype I know that's call. why people why people tune in. That's Did why I like.
2: Video listen. of a He Made. Gosh, I don't know what was.
0: Let's play some yeah. more. Uh, let's play uh, some uh, more Super Bowl ads. Yeah, let's uh, do this one. The uh, Pepsi Suber ad from. Uh, uh, what's his name on Saturday Night Live? Who plays
4: Magruber? This video is brought to you by Teleflora. Magruber! Making life saving inventions out of household materials.
0: There's only one cola he will pour into his mouth hole. MacGruber, Pepsi is that cola. Magruber! Illegal supply ship. This door is sealed shut.
1: And from the looks of that C4, we've only got about 15
2: seconds. Okay, just take a chill, crack a Pepsi, and refresh everything. What does that even mean? It's Pepsi's new motto. To me, it means relax. Are you sponsored by Pepsi or something? What? Maybe, but who cares? I am 100% my own man.
4: By the way, I had my name legally changed to Pepsuber, so if you guys could keep that in mind when addressing
3: Five seconds, McGroover.
4: Vicky? Fine, Pepsuber!
2: Okay, I better get to work
0: on this baby after this. Pepsuber! That's, again, that's a bad things happen to people who use our product commercial.
1: Certainly, and I also point out that I didn't know that it was yeah, a, yeah. an SNL character or, or sketch until you just prefaced it with that.
3: Oh yeah, do, you, oh I guess because you, you don't know, you guys
0: don't watch SNL, huh?
1: On a no, most sucks. people weren't really? watching it outside of the Sarah Palin run during the election.
0: Yeah, and then they would just turn it on at the beginning, see Tina Fey as Sarah Palin, and then turn it off.
1: Uh, yeah, or just watch Sarah Palin uh, the Sarah Palin sketch <laughs> that's, online. That's
0: a reoccurring sketch.
1: Yeah, it's mm. a guy, it's a
0: MacGyver-like that, character who actually just blows up every time. That sounds kind of oh, lame. Really? That's the it gag. Looks like yeah, the that's, that's the gag. In, wow. in an hilarious it's, it's twist. Um, what's wow. the hilarious twist? In an hilarious twist. hilarious twist? Oh, he blows up at the end of
1: every what's episode. What's the hilarious
0: twist? That's, that's not hilarious. hilarious.
1: This time was that Richard Dean Anderson. What
0: was yeah, no, that's that's true. The other guy yeah, in so the room was Richard Dean Anderson.
2: Right, he's a star of Stargate uh, SG-1.
1: Among other things.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and MacGyver, the original MacGyver Comics Foundation with the mullet and everything. Jeez, jeez. Hey, does Speaking does of SG-1 parodies,
3: stand for Stargate 1?
2: I hope so. <laughs>
3: I hope that's what Do not know. I'm I actually surprised. It.
2: I don't watch Star- Stargate SG-1. I have, like, a, a, a sort of maximum amount, number of Cindy Sci-Fi action hours that I can watch at the same time. Well, that's It's not surprising to me that you don't have, like, a working show.
3: knowledge of its premise, you know? You know, I kind of am up a bit
2: surprised too, because I really enjoyed Stargate, and I do love watching those kinds of shows. As evidenced by the way too much attention I paid to Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda on the blog recently. And you do um, love, and also, you know, Net- I love Doctor Who, and I love—I mean, he's a pretty solid dude, as far as I'm concerned. He's—he's he's no Kurt Russell, but he gets the job done. The strength of that um, article, so Pete, for it me, was mean, was um, in
0: yoking Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda to Wallace Stevens. You know, because those are just two yeah, cultural reference sleep. points that I really would never have thought to put together myself.
2: I don't think there are a lot of people who are in a position to enjoy any of the jokes that were in that piece, but I <laughs> <it>. but there's <laughs> a guy out there who was like, this is the funniest shit I've ever had in my life. There's... Oh, I slept for three days because I'm writing my thesis on like Ronald
0: Stevens. Yeah, I was about to but, say uh, there is some yeah, graduate student. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know what? If you want jokes that a lot of people get, you've come to the wrong blog. This is true.
2: Oh, by the way, Matt, SG-1 is the station of the team of operatives that travels through the Stargate, not the Stargate itself. The first team, the flag team, as Wikipedia says. And there's about 25 different teams, uh, and they are SG-1 because they are the best and the first and the one that has a show about them and the other ones are
0: pretty lame. You know, you never, see, uh, you, you never see uh you never see a sci fi show that's n- about the Federation's like not flagship. <laughs> you know, it's no, about just like some that. like ever, garbage ever, uh... garbage scow out on, you know, running little interplanetary things from the earth to the moon or, or whatnot.
1: I don't
2: know. No, Space Nine wasn't. Um, I mean, I guess, I don't know, Andromeda explored that a little bit because it combined this sort of flagshipy ship with this Scout thing. And I guess there's a lot, of, you know, when they bring a, sh- a ship like that on, they often combine it with like a much more impressive, like on Lex, which is another ridiculous over the top show. Um, but I'm trying to think, there's got to be somebody, somebody sound off in the comments and find for us a sci fi show in which the ship is a, is a crap ship. Now, what about Firefly? Did they have a crap ship or do they have a fancy ship?
3: Yeah, but they were Actually, they was, were sexy. It was kind of cool in a Millennium Falcon-style way that it was, like, broken down, but it had charisma.
0: It also—they were, you know, but totally badass yeah. smuggler pirates.
2: So they were—because they weren't part of, like, a government that had lots and lots of spaceships, and you're not following, like, a crappy spaceship. It's like, you're not, you're not watching, like, the Wesley Crusher Chronicles as he pilots, like, the USS, <laughs> like, Belafaron, which is probably a real one, but, like, the USS, like, like you know, uh, Cadmus, or that's probably— Probably another real one. But the USS craptastic as it, like, has to shuttle medical supplies back and forth between, like, you know, Earth and Mars. He's like, okay, let's get in the loading dock. Where's the bill of lading? I, I hate filling out bills of lading. You think they make these things on it? You know, starts procedure. You really have to. What about, the, what about the credit on the? Look, just sign the bill of lading. Uh, sir, we're going to have to call you in. There's an insurance dispute over whether or not the quality of this load of pork products that we shipped was. Uh, 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 hey, <laughs> whether cool.
3: the trucking company fucked I mean- it
1: up. We're sitting on a gold mine here, guys. Come on, let's 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 <laughs> shop this pilot around. TV, yeah, let's man. pitch this Hollywood. Think of is that
3: um Do you guys remember that before Matthew Perry was in uh Friends? There was a brief lived uh, NBC sitcom about uh baggage handlers at uh the Los Angeles Airport in the future. What was There's it called? <laughs> no, I don't remember. It was, it was called like honest? LAX like 2187. Wow. Okay. <laughs> did nobody knows I think this is a pretty wow, th- tell me well-known please. piece of trivia. No, I mean it, and it went, I mean, it went, like, you know, like, four episodes or something. And then, like, it, it was, like, a funny story because, like, he really wanted to do Friends, but he was already committed to this really lame sitcom. But then, like, luckily it got canceled, and so he was able to do Friends, and, you know, the world is a better place. And but the rest is know. history, just, and it all leads up I, to I mean, Studio like, you know, 60. And the only thing anyone has ever seen of it is, like, you know, like, one clip that they show is, like, part of, like, a Friends retrospective. Uh, I, guess okay. I, I guess I I guess watch more Friends retrospectives than the rest of y'all.
0: Yeah, no, I watch exactly zero Friends retrospectives. <laughs> Probably. So, <laughs> yeah, if you watch any, you watch more than me.
1: Mm-hmm. Hey, Nobody so told me the end podcast was
3: going to be this way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Speaking yeah. of uh, commercials that were parodies, um, the Mean Joe Green commercial, anyone? Yeah.
2: Yes, which was directed by a, a cousin of mine, actually. A cousin the Mean
1: Joe Green commercial, not the parody.
2: Yeah. No, the real one. But the parody right. that they had with, uh, with, the, with the Steelers player. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Do we yeah, have that
1: yeah, on Yeah, I, 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 like I like the callback to that one. Which one was thought, it? It, what was was, the- it was a co-commercial calling back to the mean Joe Green, you know, the, the um, you know, catch, you know, the catch oh, the Oh, God, I missed, I missed this one. I'm
0: looking at it now on Hulu, and I missed it. But let's, uh, yeah, sure, we can play it. Of course we can play it. We can play anything. We are technological citizens in command of our computers.
4: Just not their timing. This video is brought to you by Coke Zero. Mr. Palomalo? Yeah. You need any help? Mm-mm. You want my Coke Zero? Nah. Really? You can have it. A Coke Zero and okay. a smile. We're Coke brand managers. Coke Zero stole our taste, and they are not stealing our commercials. Hey, tell for me. Is he coming? Is he coming? Coke Zero at <laughs> night. Have a Coke hey, Zero. I life. Da, da, da,
0: da, da. What I like about this is that it makes it seem like the, there's an intra-Coca-Cola rivalry where the Coke guys are, like, really... Mad that the Coke Zero guys stole their soft drink idea.
4: Mm-mm. You mean yeah, their soft drink idea from 30 years
3: ago? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we well, know that
0: Coke. That Coke is mad that Coke Zero is being made on account of like it steals the taste of Coke.
1: So here's let me, this, I, you... let me ask this question: Do we feel like is this a sign that our pop culture is spiraling spiraling out of control? And That a A commercial can be a parody of another commercial, and inside of that commercial, the company fights with itself. Have we just, like, eaten our long tail?
2: Well, I don't know. I mean, it seems better than like, uh, and the one, the commercials that these always remind me of, the ones where like somebody needs to steal something, is the, the, the conflict inherent in most, uh, or many breakfast cereal commercials, where breakfast <laughs> cereal is, it's, it's essentially surplus agricultural product, right? It's like value added cheap commodity. It's like excess crap that they're just dumping on the market in a pretty box that gets a big markup. And for some reason, somebody <laughs> always really wants the breakfast cereal and cannot have it. You cannot have the breakfast cereal. We will not give you our over <laughs> our overdone like excess refined wheat product with the f- fructose corn syrup. We're not, not going to give it. Can't have it. And they're so hard. And it, whether it's the cookie-crisp dog with the guy, or it's Barney Rubble who wants to have the Fred Flintstone things, or the Lucky Charms leprechaun, or the poor, poor, poor Trix rabbit who's a real <laughs> trooper, really a trooper. But, like, you take the, the, the sort of mo- – the refuse of the, of the global economy, really just just the dreck, the dross of the industrial food supply, and you make it into, like, the most desirable, least available thing in the whole universe that people will die for. And they will, like – they will crawl through drains. They will be, like – into little pieces they'll be launched into the uh, atmosphere and they still can't get any freaking
0: cereal hey that's why it's in uh, the uh, it really amazes. that's Something why like it's this. in the middle of the supermarket man because it costs yeah, you know fractions like of a penny and it you it's, know they sell it for it's a giant ass box <laughs> yeah of mostly take, air i wanted to go to your house yeah but the parts that hey pete have you heard that high fructose corn syrup is perfectly safe in small doses <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know what else is safe in small doses? HO! <laughs> oh! um, <laughs>
4: <Wait
0: a minute. laughs> did, did you read the little news item from a couple weeks ago where they found mercury in most high hear- fructose corn syrup? Oh, wow. I didn't hear that one. Uh, most high fructose Hello? corn syrup, it turns out, is contaminated with mercury. That explains the latent insanity over the last
1: 26 years of my life. <laughs> that oh, explains...
0: Yeah, my... Difficulty with, you know, word recall and whatnot. <laughs> hey, Matt, how's GTA
3: going? Guys, I'm shooting guys in the head. By the way, I wanted to add about the <laughs> interbeverage rivalry. You guys are forgetting about the mother of all Super Bowl commercials, the Bud Bowl.
1: Uh, oh, right. Yeah, there's a good idea. There's a good point. Oh, it's all been done. There's nothing new under the sun. The Bud Bowl. Whatever happened to that? <laughs> the Romans.
0: You know, Never, the Romans know. were.
3: You know, you know, they kept. I honestly think, like, had they revived, Did the would up- I probably up- would have watched the Super Bowl this year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're saving that one. I think they
2: revived the bubble a lot of times. They'll do it again. Don't worry about it. Although they probably have a brand strategy trying recently. to. The now.
0: Yeah, no. All, all the well, Budweiser looking. ads were like Clydesdales and uh, and sort of classic Americana and
1: comforting. Budweiser was well, the other. To remember, they're a foreign company. The other Anheuser-Busch brands, so. Bud Light and uh, the, what was their Bud Light Lime, had decidedly different taste than that. Rather than the kind of the gauzy, uh, cheesy animal uh, gaudiness, the Conan commercial, which exploits the otherness of Europeans, that's true. Other. And let's uh,
0: you know, let's go out on the Conan commercial because it. Uh, I feel like we have you know we have kind of crawled up the. Straight up and down precipice of overthinking. Uh, this we have one.
2: devoured the plate of nachos that
0: we have before us. <laughs> we we <laughs> have picked up the chicken fingers and chewed them up and found them not kind of to our liking and spit them back onto the plate. Here's you're Conan O'Brien.
4: The boss and put down. <laughs> this video is brought to you by H and R Block. I hear what you're saying. I just don't do commercials. It's not my thing, Conan. This is different. It's a ton of money. And it's only going to be seen in Sweden. Only in Sweden. All the Hollywood guys do this. This so one commercial couldn't hurt. That wasn't me. Hey, Conan. Body starter. Body starter.
0: So the ad that he does for Sweden in a you know, little mesh shirt. And how old is Conan O'Brien? A thousand. Yeah. I mean, he really is. He really <laughs> is a little long in the tooth to be like crawling on the bearskin rug and, you know, in the mess shirt. Uh, no, he's no, a little he's long in the percent. tooth for that. Anyway, it gets played yeah, in you know. Times Square and Conan O'Brien is very embarrassed. Ha ha. Use our product and you'll be embarrassed.
3: Well, first of all, I'm really disappointed because I I thought you meant, like, a Conan the Barbarian commercial, and I was going to be like, yes!
0: (laughs) Let's go out on that! Uh, No. Yeah, no, it's really, it's not with a bang, but it's with a whimper. So, whimpering at you every every week, it's the Overthinking Podcast. I want to thank the panel. Thank you, Matt Blinky. How are you doing on Grand Theft Auto?
3: Still shooting guys in the head. There's a lot of guys in this mission that need to be shot in the head.
0: Okay, well, you, you get that's on that. Uh, <laughs> thank you to Peter Venzel.
2: Yeah, you know, as Steve Van Zandt said, when it was boss time, I recorded it. It was 8.18 p.m. So from here on out, 8.18 p.m., that's boss. I
0: time. thought, oh, I Twittered this. I thought that halftime lacked only Devil Schlong. <laughs> like from Prince? Yeah, the Prince the guitar <laughs> the Devil Schlong. <laughs> and a like uh, and an excellent show, excellent I... a first rate guitar player and devil uh possessor in his own right. Thank you, Mr. Markley.
1: I, I don't know what to say to that. Gosh, <laughs> I got a devil shalong Oh man, I know you do. I know you do. Uh... <laughs> I'm, it's it's, easy, it's Asian
0: stereotyping. Per- oh not, now, foul, I was,
1: yards. <laughs> uh, I was about to say I was going to get through this year's Super Bowl without being offended and. There, you just ruined it. Thanks, oh, I'm Matt. I'm sorry. Well, I'm glad we did it at the end of the podcast, so you don't have to talk
0: to me anymore. You can email us at podcast at com. Call the podcast voicemail at 20 eat log o one. That's 203-285-6401. Rate us and review us on iTunes, especially with five stars. And fill out the podcast survey on overthinkingit.com, the site that subjects the popular culture to a level of scrutiny. It Probably Doesn't Deserve.
3: Probably Doesn't. Am I the only one doing that today? All right. <laughs> deserve.
4: Deserve.